3: The camera. I'm not noticing the camera. <laughs>
4: 57 years ago, this week, Joe Biden and I were college kids. Audil Haynes, she was the first
5: female deputy director of the CIA. A woman from the CIA came up to her, she said an older woman, who burst into tears and basically said, This means so much to me to have a woman to see someone who looks like me in a position like this.
0: Jesus. It felt like we're being rescued from this <laughs> this craziness that we've all lived through from the last four years and now here are the superheroes to come and save us all. <laughs>
3: That last person you heard was the taxpayer-funded <laughs> Yamiche Alcindor, PBS reporter who covers the Biden administration, who gives you all the news and information you need to know about the Biden administration, including the stuff the administration won't want you to know. They're going to try to contour and shape marketing and messaging um, in so that people like Yamiche Alcindor report on them the way that they want her to and it's already working we haven't even started yet this is this is today was an incredibly talk about x-rated press today was an incredibly uh tongue bath (laughs) filled day it was ridiculous i I was to a new level and the best thing is is that they just can't they just can't hide it they just can't contain themselves she was just one of the, the the many people uh, who were just so taken back by the Bidens uh, introducing some cabinet members, including <laughs> including John Kerry? Who I don't is he in the cabinet? Is, that, is it
2: <laughs> the climate czar of the National Security right. Council the or whatever?
3: Climate czar of the National Security Council? Man, <laughs> if you're somebody who gets excited about Joe Biden, I don't even know. I'm sorry about John Kerry. This I mean, guy, Joe Biden, too. Right. This guy, John <laughs> Kerry, much like Joe Biden, has been in the United States uh, government since 1911. <laughs> he, is, he is a blowhard's blowhard in just his tone. You, people don't even... It's an affectation, the way Kerry speaks, but that affectation went out of style decades ago. <laughs> but he's still got it. I'm amused by it, because why not at this point? Um, <clears throat> but hey, Democrats, a party of change in the future... All the bright new minds you've got. How is Pete Buttigieg not there? Yeah, it's like
2: all swamp people.
3: Oh, it's swamp people, but the (laughs) calcified, these people who are like four years away from having statues erected for them
4: are now back in the administration. This kind of crisis demands that kind of leadership again. And President Biden will provide it. The road ahead is exciting. Actually. Oh if
3: it means it's the end of the speech is coming maybe other than that John Kerry was not exciting there today I mean I don't I don't hate John Kerry I don't really care about any of the stuff I am not going to be a, you know like the left and think everybody's a devil or a freaking brown shirt but John Kerry is a funny kind of figure he is an old school a feet affectation kind of guy and the way he says things with presence and authority, as if he you know he's got his own built-in reverb. It's it's uh, it's just something that, to hear. It's it's the between him and Biden, the hot air festival <laughs> that is those guys. And the, the this hot air festival is nothing that is exclusive to Democrats, of course. But uh, you know they're not the ones doing the hiring at the White House right now, and
4: oh, it means creating millions of middle class jobs. It means less pollution in our air ocean. It means making life healthier for citizens across the world. And it means we will strengthen the security of every nation in the world. Well, you know what? At least
3: he's doing his job. This global bloviating is what a climate czar should do. Mm-hmm. So it's fine. It's not as if he's the like uh, the secretary of transportation and he's talking about <laughs> changing the world. Which they do, I'm sure the the one we get will. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at least he's supposed. If you're the climate are, you're a cleric, really. You know, you're a spiritual yeah. advisor, and so <laughs> go ahead, John Kerry, enjoy. But I was going to start there, and I was going to. So so that happens. They bring out all these old, these old cynical politicians, deep swamp, almost pre swamp, and of course all you hear now is the people covering people covering the uh <laughs> covering these people are just taken aback at by what uh, what this incredible transformation this incredible uh, metamorphosis that we're seeing here from what is craven vicious venomous trump ne'er-do-well unqualified louts to these really disciplined disciplined people and you know what they're so disciplined and they're so competent, and there's an air of seriousness about them. Mm-hmm. The best thing is that all of these people, most of them, like John Kerry, who's been elected about 150 million times, who's as craven a politician, who ran for president. You know what? NBC's Andrea Mitchell, who's been covering Washington politics since the 50s, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she knows she makes it has an observation. There's something different here take politics. Politics is not even part of this administration. It is
6: not going to be political. No. And Joe Biden is saying, no. these are people, this is a team who's going to tell me, this team will tell me what I need to know, what not what I want to know. Wow.
2: Isn't it amazing? There's, Does everybody just have, like, mommy and daddy issues so they need the government to, like, be the adults in the that room is a name, all the time? That is
3: the name of this episode. <laughs> mommy and daddy issues. That is <laughs> because, well said, because that's exactly what it is.
2: Because it's like, they're, they just feel so unsafe and scared all the time because the government's being run by idiots. And the government's always run by idiots, let's be clear. But recently it's been run by idiots who are a little bit more brazen about
3: it. <laughs> well, some, and and uh, these are people who have uh, polar opposite uh, ideologies than the people, the, all these media types who graduated from Columbia. Journalism.
2: Well, right, but it's also a style thing, largely. You know, the Trump style was offensive to them, so they didn't feel good about him running the country. They felt unsafe that Trump had the nuclear codes because he wasn't like that. He
3: had a a a gauche Queen's accent. But now, yes, exactly. And Bush had some of that same stuff. But 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 Trump was obviously. But now the
2: adults are back in charge. Exactly. Biden and Kerry will take care of us.
3: Exactly. (laughs) And the most educated, overpaid people in the world, including some who are getting paid with government tax money, are just a smitten.
6: Talk about Joe Biden's empathy and humanity. To talk about
2: diplomacy being back, it is all an implicit
3: rebuke. This, by the way, this is Nicole Wallace, the MSNBC anchor. Mm-hmm. She can't contain her joyous, ebullient laughter. It's it's a complete <laughs>
4: turnover from what there was. Duke of Donald Trump's foreign policy stewardship over the last four years.
0: That's right, good and then just you. saying that they're going to do their jobs and um, be good stewards of America's role in this world, and we won't have to be embarrassed anymore. <laughs> um, focus on American diplomacy. That, in and of itself, um, being a rebuke of President Trump, is uh, underscores what we've been all been living through in the last four years, which is a president who wanted what? to be more isolationist.
3: What we've all been living through.
2: What happened to them in their reality that they live right. in? I'm just curious what's going on in the alternate world where they all live. You know, is it is it World War Three? Are there right people?
3: We've you, all been living. Have through, we, we can, been
2: nuked by North we, Korea? Like, we can finally come above ground? Are there refugees all over? Like, I. I'm just curious. I mean,
3: needless to say, regardless of all the victimization that has apparently happened (laughs) over the last four years, that somebody who felt that they were being assaulted over the last four years and Mm -hmm. oppressed and harmed, literally and physically and mentally harmed, maybe shouldn't be covering the president. (laughs) But all these people that we're going to play here have been covering the president and will cover the new president who right.
0: wanted to pull back. Um, what we saw today, I, I, was, I was sitting in that room in Wilmington. Um, I was thinking about the fact that Joe Biden, in some ways, first supporters, is fulfilling the promises that he made on the campaign. Charlie said he wanted to have a cabinet that looked like America. And there were people there on that stage, of course, talking about all of their different accolades and their experience, but they were also talking about their families who survived the Holocaust, who survived coming from Cuba and sling communists.
3: The Trump people didn't have backstories. (laughs) They were just spawned evil and old. That's how they came to us. Big, long capes as, as, you know, Darth Tillerson and Darth Mattis and Darth Trump. Oh,
2: Stephen Miller. Hate him.
3: Oh, absolutely. He he was just spawned evil. He has no backstory. (laughs) He's not a human being. These people, they have lives and experiences, most of them in Washington. They're so- from
2: America, and they have stories of how they came to America and why they like America. They have families. It's amazing.
0: talk talked about um, having gumbo diplomacy, cooking food, cooking southern food as, as the United mm-hmm. Nations ambassador was saying. Um, all of those things are what a-
3: Gumbo diplomacy. Is
0: that not cultural appropriation?
3: Uh, I don't know. Is it? is that um I don't know who talked right? about
2: gumbo diplomacy isn't that Louisiana thing
3: yeah i assume so but no gumbo diplomacy that is totally no, but- perfect marketing progressive i understand but progressive progressive um it, it's it's totally like cute smart liberal ll bean like wobergon days speak gumbo diplomacy we'll have a beer summit we'll bring james taylor over to france <laughs> when they get chopped up by by uh, you know terrorist murderers huh. you know it's that kind of diploma. it's a smarter diplomacy it's a kind of diplomacy Aaron sorkin might write about
0: right exactly america's yeah. about it's this melting pot the other thing i'll just say is i was talking to a democrat who just said this also felt like the avengers it felt like we're being rescued from this this <laughs> craziness that we've all lived through from the last 40 years and now here are the superheroes to come and save us all
3: you know and he perfectly crystallized it for me he was right about that you know
0: fact check true it is the avengers Oh my god. It felt like we're being rescued from this this <laughs> craziness that we've all lived through from the last 4 years and now here are the superheroes to come and save us all. How do you pitch
3: f- uh, from one extreme to the other like that? You were you were just recently <laughs> in a hellscape of fire and pain because bad and evil was in the building. Now, the best people... They're not even people. They're immortal, obviously. Yeah, they're they're the Avengers. They're superheroes. Now, they're the Avengers. John Kerry. Have you heard of this? There's a John Kerry, and he's wonderful.
2: I have a theory, actually, that um, superheroes... Mommy and
3: Daddy issues. Let's mark the time. That was...
2: I don't know. It was around maybe six, seven minutes in or something, maybe? I don't know. Um,
3: Go ahead with your theory.
2: So, I have a theory that um, superheroes are like a substitute religion for americans i mean obviously politics is a substitute religion for secular americans but like we watch all these movies and they have this elaborate lore it is really like the greek myths and the roman myths and stuff and you can you know fit new superheroes into your lore if you discover a new culture where there's a new superhero you can Mm -hmm. fit that right into your pantheon of gods and and i think that um Hearing these reporters talk that way really cements it for me that that's really how they think of the world. I mean, they see it as a mythology, but they see they fit things into that narrative story of the world that there are these superhuman figures Mm -hmm. that are kind of like us, but can rescue us and do stuff and rule us and all that.
6: You know?
3: Right. I I totally agree with that. And I think they feel that they also have a role as the superjournal.
2: Right. I mean, we're, I think that there's a reason why superhero movies are like the most popular thing.
3: Oh, oh, certainly, ever. certainly. And I think, well, if you just look at the, just culturally as well, how mm-hmm. how seriously people take this stuff in LARPing and and all of the uh, cons, uh, conventions, whatever. But and that's you know mm-hmm. you're right, and they play a role in this. They yeah. have a role. They're right there to document this history. Right. Now, you look know, they they, like- they were just for the last four years they were speaking truth to power. Well, the man said that we were the enemy of the people. But no, they stood up there bravely. They were the first responders. And, you know, usually they give themselves at the end of the year an awards ceremony, you mm-hmm. know, the, the correspondence dinner to laugh at the clap for themselves about how special <laughs> we are. Aren't you spe- I'm special. Aren't- well,
2: right. And they have like a whole host of real life characters that sort of fit into the Pantheon of the Gods. That's why you had Ruth Bader Ginsburg meeting the guy who played Black Panther in heaven. Right. Chadwick, because this is, like, their lore in their heads that is happening. is like, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is one superhero, Obama's another, you know, you just got, there's AOC, they all, you fit them all in, and it's, you have your pantheon of gods, and they sort of fit in with the pretend gods, but the the line is blurred for them mentally. They can't quite separate superhero fiction, or, like, Wonder Woman. Look how they... Um, did you see that meme that was going around for a while that people like feminist people were sharing that had like Leia Princess Leia and then the um the girl Robin Penwright from whatever it is she was like in Wonder Woman and it was like, oh thank God, we've lived long enough to see all our princesses grow up into warriors or something. oh yeah, that like,
3: was um uh, Princess Bride.
2: Yeah, the Princess Bride actress. But she was in the Wonder Woman
3: movies. Oh, is she okay? Yeah, so
2: she becomes like princesses. a general We've seen all our princesses grow up to be warriors. So like it has like Princess Leia becoming right. well, general and people- Organa yeah. and like so but they live in a reality where for them Princess Leia and um her role as a sort of superhero character is enmeshed with the real Carrie Fisher mm-hmm. and you know, real people like RBG. It's like a seamless blend. And the I mean, the ancient Greeks and Romans were the same way. They had the pantheon of gods that people were sort of aware that these were like stories and legends, although they believed it to, an, to varying extents. But particularly by the late antiquity, people didn't necessarily, particularly intellectuals, literally believe those things. But it was their culture was to practice mm. as though they believed it. And, you know... They believed that there, when Julius Caesar died, a comet appeared in the sky, and people really believed that he was being made a god. Hmm. There, And Augustus is treated like a god on earth. Caesar is a god. And so you have sort of a, the same kind of blend of your political leaders who are considered a savior. I mean, Augustus is called the son of a god because he was the adopted son of Julius Caesar. And, and a lot of these... Kind of Christian titles. Part of the reason Romans had a problem with them is because they were like appropriating things that were supposed to be about Caesar. And so late antiquity, you had people, you know, blending political figures in secular political religion with the with the official country's religion of all these gods that people sort of knew was fantastical, but, you know, you do it, you go, it's your civic duty, you go and you sacrifice stuff, and, you know, now we have that too. You go and you show up to the Women's March and the, you do the Black Power thing and the Black Lives Matter march and you put the sign in your yard. That's how you participate in our secular religion of our country,
3: you know? but But there is a physiological aspect to this where... It can't all be simply performative, and even if it's uh, like performative in some kind of, uh, you know, theocratic ritual, it it there is uh, physiologically people have been stressed out and have gone nuts.
2: Well, yeah, because they believe that if we don't appease the political gods, that bad things happen to them. I mean, I'm sure the Romans were all upset when bad stuff happened in Rome and they turned around and blamed Christians for not doing what they want, just like they turn around and blame people who voted for Trump for the pandemic deaths. (laughs) It's the same thing, you know, like... You didn't sacrifice to the right gods. You followed some other stupid religion that we don't right. like. And you didn't participate in the right rituals. And that's why 250,000 people died.
3: Yes. Now, that, Alice's long and eloquent explanation for that it can also be said in a pithier way by this gentleman. Two
1: more hogs got the fever.
3: <laughs> so Martha Raditz, who has been the ABC stalwart for years, mm-hmm. well-respected, multi-award-winning journalist Martha Raditz. She tells us what we saw today with Joe Biden introducing some of his cabinet people. Okay,
2: because I thought it was a few dur- boring speeches by a few people whose names 90% of America won't know. Well, during <laughs> the—it was—no,
3: it, was, no, it said—all the stuff says office of the president-elect, <laughs> okay? <laughs> Which is actually role-playing in itself because it doesn't exist. But Yeah, but Trump did that role-playing
2: too. He did office of the president-elect. Did he really? It. Yeah, he did.
3: That's, that makes sense.
2: It's pretty standard pretend role playing. Did he have office for the president elected? I'm pretty sure he did. Trump? I think I saw, I mean, unless it was photoshopped stuff that people were sending around that he had it. but
3: That is a Trumpy thing to do. Uh, I'm going to look that up and I'll see if you're right.
2: Yeah, remember Obama had his presidential deal before he was elected? <laughs> but I think that's pretty standard that it's all, I mean, everything's role playing anyway. Half of politics is performance art.
3: So of course, uh, conservatives spread false claims. Biden invented office of the president elect. Trump's own transition team used the title. Um, it's interesting how they try to stamp the stuff out. So they even created a fake office for Joe Biden, the office of president. elect uh, Well, if Trump had it, I don't remember it. But I'll take I'll I'll take the. If you find out, you, you can let me know. Mm-hmm. I just don't remember like there being graphics made and signs made somebody went to like uh, Kinko's or whatever the <laughs> name, to, to the printing office and had stuff printed up that says it seems odd to me well, that's fine
2: they probably uh, use campaign money to do it
3: um, but okay here's Martha Raditz and seasoned reporter you're mm-hmm. supposed to listen and respect what she has to say it's going to be interesting to, to, to just to hear um, you know a little bit about these a critical eye at some of mm-hmm. these people who are very influential
5: This is about the least flashy team you could possibly get. They are deeply experienced. Uh, They are humble, and they are lifelong...
3: (laughs) They're humble?
2: When I think John Kerry, the word that springs to mind is humble, I must say.
3: (laughs) Jesus. They are humble. Do you mind if I park my yacht here? Park it up there, I have to pay taxes. I remember him humbly approaching... the uh, the uh, harbormaster and asking that
5: public servants when I public look at servants. that group up there and let's put John Kerry aside because as we know he was the Democratic nominee for president once but they are not political they are just once okay
3: <laughs> they are not political
5: just career people they have worked together for many years I remember Jake Sullivan at the, at the side of Hillary Clinton when she was secretary of state all the time Something without
3: Okay They're not political
2: <laughs> Not political She did say she'd set John Kerry aside for that one Because he did run when for president once you,
7: And the world's alright with me <laughs> Just one look at you And I know
3: It's fine. There you go. Go back to Martha.
5: This is about the least flashy team you could possibly not political either. They are deeply experienced. They're even Uh, less less political than I was saying a minute ago. Public (laughs) servants. When I look at that group up there, and let's put John Kerry aside because, as we know, he was the Democratic nominee for president once, but they are not political, they are just career people they have worked together. they
3: never have politics in mind when you're spending any time around revolving around as <laughs> the closest advi- advisors to an elected official you never think through a political filter ever no not or this like group.
2: people who worked closely with hillary clinton that's right what springs to mind it's not yes. political she
3: hillary clinton herself is i wouldn't consider a political <laughs> person ever to her to, to a fault i thought
2: <laughs> together
5: for many years, I remember Jake Sullivan at the at the side of Hillary Clinton when she was Secretary of State, all Jeez. the time. And as they say, they really do reflect America. Avril Hayes,
3: <laughs> they really do reflect America. <laughs> Can you imagine how intellectually facile <laughs> that is to say because they kind of look all different and Americans look all different? This is, you know, what this is. It's a reflection.
2: I mean. By the way, us, didn't Trump have gay cabinet no, officials, Hispanic there was no, cabinet officials no, a Jeep Pilot. Ben Carson FCC, is white. Ben you know, Carson, they you were know,
3: and he was political too.
2: Very political. Very political.
3: Mm-hmm. All those people are very political and very white. Elaine <laughs> Chow is very political. And male Elaine Chow, Correct. no. Correct, white
5: she was the first female deputy director of the cia and when she was asked about that later on she said she was surprised she didn't really think of it that way but a woman from the cia came up to her she said an older woman who burst into tears and basically said
3: oh jesus christ (laughs) okay okay
2: Uh. (laughs) are you gonna make it through this show tom
3: she burst into tears, came up to her at the CIA, mm-hmm. and burst into tears. So stifled were the emotions for so many years, and years turned into decades. So stifled was the, the oppressed energy of simply wanting a moment of validation for one's own gender. <sighs> that she simply couldn't contain. She burst into tears.
5: Finally, This means so much to me to have a woman to see someone who looks like me in a position like this. So it matters to those.
3: If, if, if there were a high-level person who said it means so much to me, to finally, because mm-hmm. I couldn't. My mind is not equipped to imagine ever a woman ascending to any degree of power in this building. I can't imagine <laughs> how that would ever happen.
2: That being said, I did. Tear up with Amy Coney Barrett. I'm not going to lie.
3: She wasn't the first woman in the Supreme Court. Yeah, but she's the first like working
2: mom with kids, kids, isn't she? Like young, like school age kids.
3: You can direct uh, message Alice Shattuck uh, at the Burn Barrel podcast for her turning coat here in front of us <laughs> as she is uh, she hobnoggles. Is it hobnoggles? I don't know what it is. As she makes her uh, migration to uh, to Martha Raddatz, and I know this it's
2: is- identity politics. I am
3: married or- to I am married to Yamiche. Shattuck.
5: Employees, and right now I have to think in all those departments. Uh, they are thinking about having these career officials. I wanted to f- back.
3: Yeah, in, I wanted to follow up on that because it did seem like career officials are going back into Washington. Washington, it's been so... has yes, been
2: so thank goodness.
3: ...the comments
1: were the most pointed of all the comments we saw. Talked about speaking truth to power, talked about the independence of the intelligence community, not a policy-making uh, community, and we know they've been under siege for much of the last four years.
3: The intelligence community has been under siege for the last four years. That's where it begins. Is there anything more we need to know about why George or Martha, about why they've been under siege at all? Is there anything at all, that happened during the last peaceful transition of power that might have made them feel like they were under siege.
5: Hmm. Absolutely. And she made very clear that she will speak truth to power, that she will tell Joe Biden. And You she know, when
2: a- I think underdogs, I think the CIA. Mm-hmm. That's the people that need to stand up to the man, you know, the CIA. They're so downtrodden at the CIA. I mean, That's imagine. What, <laughs> on,
3: on his farewell speech, Eisenhower mentioned. <laughs> You know that the CIA in the military industrial complex are underdogs (laughs) and let's show them a little bit of mercy.
5: Kamala Harris, exactly how she views what's going on in the intelligence community, which right now in the last four years, many thought were was politicized and uh, skewing the intelligence in a certain direction, putting politics before what they actually. She's
3: not. If you're listening and think she's talking about Hillary's boys tampering to screw Trump, that's not what she's talking about. She's talking about William Barr being in there and being mean.
5: We saw, and I know there were many intelligence professionals, career intelligence professionals, who were upset by that. George
3: Trump was very mean to them. What he did was incredibly mean. But now, a paid professional said this.
5: Avril Haynes. she was the first female deputy director of the CIA. And when she was asked about that later on, she said she was surprised. She didn't really think of it that way. But a woman from the CIA came up to her. She said an older woman who burst into tears and basically said this means so much to me to have a woman to see someone who looks like me in a position like this. So.
3: Man. That, it means everything thank God you're the right gender you're the right gender identity you're, you're right the right political identity if, you know so that means everything already you've done a good job congratulations Nobel Prize b- 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 here you go <laughs> it's, it's it's I mean it's so incredible it's so incredible uh... but and we're gonna get off this in a second but it it the the the, the absolute full-on uh romantic uh, encounter continued on CNN.
8: Uh, Your ears picked up on what my ears picked up on on the substance piece of this, which is the idea
3: of... David Shalian. I'm a fat guy. He's a fat guy. I feel he's too fat for TV. I didn't want to be on (laughs) video. That's my wife who made me do it. Uh, He's the political... He's responsible for all the political coverage of CNN.
8: His ears picked up on a piece. America first is gone. Uh, Everything Joe Biden... Thank God. This
3: country sucks anyway.
8: That's, I mean,
2: highly quotable. America first is gone. Yeah, I mean, imagine, imagine saying that and thinking
8: that's awesome. Uh, Your ears picked up on what my ears picked up on, on the substance piece of this, which is The idea of America first is gone. Yeah. Uh, Everything Joe Biden led this unveiling of the national security and foreign policy team with was all about America at its strongest working with its allies around the world. Exactly. Is that
3: like
2: leading from behind? Well,
3: in the very minimum, it's going to be leading from behind. (laughs) Because we suck. I mean, look at us. You can't put us alone. We've sucked throughout history. I mean, we are very fallible. Look how cool and clean and much better everything in Europe around the world is. We need to apologize again. We need to be
2: humbled again. Their apartments are 900 square feet and they, you know.
8: Alice, no. That that is what makes America strong. It's just fundamentally a different approach substantively from what the Trump administration put forth uh, in its foreign policy. And then on style.
3: We're just going to go ahead, if you guys don't mind, since you've all split. We're going to go ahead <laughs> and kill all of ISIS, okay? We think that that could have ramifications. Oh, okay, we're going to do it anyway, and then we're going to work <laughs> with the Gulf Arab states, and we're going to have make peace with Israel, okay? Oh, we're not comfortable with that because the Palestinians, okay, it's already done. <laughs> Jesus, America first. Well,
2: thank goodness America. First thank is done. Heaven forbid.
3: Thank God. That was so, so who m- is
2: first because somebody no. has to be the first priority for your forum policy. If it's not America, what is it?
3: Well, the the remain party in England <laughs> is there for we have to go back to being part of the European Union. Maybe we'll do that. We'll be part of the the Starfleet Starfleet Federation, whatever it is.
8: I you know The words that were used, uh, Vice President-elect Harris at the end uh, used a lot of these words, but so did Joe Biden. So did a lot of the uh, nominees when they spoke. Truth, facts, science. Oh, my God. They
0: said all the right things. I've been dying to hear that. They said science out loud.
3: (laughs) That means good things. Those are good things. It says science in my yard sign. Those are all good (laughs) things. The Trump people. This is the... Absolute physical romantic interlude that took place today everywhere was and they cannot help themselves they cannot help
8: themselves uh the, the president-elect talked about i yeah. am going to demand that these folks uh tell me what i need to hear not what i want to hear that's right, right. like saying you know give it to me straight ask very tough <laughs> questions of these people so on all, those are all stylistic cues Especially John Kerry's words when he said about Joe Biden's belief in God, but also another stylistic cue. I got copious notes, I got it all down here here. on earth. Uh, All of that was designed. Uh, stylistically, also to contrast you. with what you're seeing uh, day in and day out in the Trump administration. Which is untrue. Yeah, Susan,
5: there was this emphasis on truth. There was oh, an emphasis Jesus. on uh, science as well.
0: Is but Daniel Dale around to check any of this? And
5: look, Joe Biden just tweeted, America is back, <laughs> or his, cam- uh, his campaign is Isn't that awesome, tweeted guys? They're yeah. signaling in a that. way that the Trump years you know
3: were a what? Finally, a president who uses Twitter. That America. is great. And that wow. now
5: they are course correcting course uh, to kind of get back on track what do you think
2: heard several of the nominees in fact talk about the fact
5: that this was not about politics no they would offer a kind of expertise uh, a return to working together and just as as david said on a stylistic note uh, I
2: haven't heard the word service used as in public service so much uh, in the last four years as I did just in a few minutes. What's the Trump people? It was all about blitzkrieging uh, it really was a, and a remarkable uh, you know, change in tone and a message to the world, I think, that uh, we're not going to be treating allies as adversaries anymore, certainly.
3: That's right. It's a Except better Israel. Day.
2: <laughs> They're going to be treated Jeez. as an adversary.
0: Ah. Uh. Uh it felt like we're being rescued from this, this <laughs> craziness that we've all lived through from the last 40 years and now here are the superheroes to come and save us all Avril Haynes,
5: she was the first female deputy director of the CIA and when she was asked about that later on she said she was surprised, she didn't really think of it that way but a woman from the CIA came up to her, she said an older burst. woman who burst into burst. tears and basically said this means so much to me to have a woman to see someone who <laughs> looks like me in a position
3: like this so then uh, stylistically to me you know t- where's a truth service truth and service are back did you hear when when when,
4: uh, when um, john kerry said it 57 years ago this week joe biden and i were college kids when we lost the president who inspired both of us to try to make a difference a president who reminded us that here on Earth, God's work must truly be our own. President Joe Biden will trust in God. And he will also trust in science to guide our work on Earth to protect God's. Yamiche, he said science again.
3: Oh, He's already said And he service-
2: said God. We don't really believe in that, but that should appeal to those other people. They like that stuff.
4: Creation. Mr. President elect, Vice President elect Harris, I look forward to getting to work. Thank you. You know what?
3: Biden, so at the, the very end there, um, Kerry forgot his mask and Biden reminded him, which I think is more more uh, symbolic than anything. That's the style point I really picked up on that I like.
4: <laughs> I look forward to getting to work. Thank you.
3: Thank you, John. Thank you. Thank you. Pick up your mask. Oh, of course I will, sir. I always wear it. All of us always wear it. We do the right thing. Always. Um, 57 years ago. Isn't that... Shouldn't that, by the way, be something that says... It was notable that John Kerry said 57 years ago, because that would make him and the president really old. <laughs> Just stylistically. How he used 57, by the way, which is the number what's on every the, Heinz bottle, by the way. Something's up what's there. What's the
2: average age of like the people who are next in line for the presidency? Okay, so obviously Kamala's young, right? But she's the only one, because there's biden yeah, with there's biden 10. alone
3: you could have every member of uh so of one like direction be in the cabinet and the median age would be 66 <laughs> so but
2: there's biden and then kamala's next right and then it's pelosi right and then Kerry.
3: pelosi's isn't she in her 80s there's
2: pelosi pelosi's in there Kerry's in there who's the president pro tempore of the senate
3: um is it oh uh the senate oh that's the guy um from the from the judicial committee, um, the guy who ran it uh, is it Harkin? No, no it's not Harkin. Uh, it's, it's Tom oh, Harkin. He's
2: super old too, right? Uh, yeah. Who Grassley, is Grassley? Is it Grassley, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like oh, he too. Yeah, so yeah. they're all like, so, except for Kamala, she's the only one like in line for the presidency who is like under 75. They're like all insanely old. What's wrong? Is that not worry anyone?
3: So, no, Al, uh, stylistically, <laughs> service was used, truth, uh, they're using truth. And also, by the they're way- They're there to serve us.
2: They really care. They're like heroes, and they love us. Trump didn't love us must like have been... they did. My mom didn't love me right. like they
3: do. <laughs> My mom was political. <laughs> they're not. By the way, I wanted to get to this first, but I got sucked into Yamiche Alcindor's um, love affair with the Avengers, and uh, but this is kind of breaking. Several employees at Random House confronted the publisher about the new Jordan Peterson book. Uh-oh. Uh oh. At the meeting, they several employees cried at the meeting, discussing how Peterson's views have negatively affected impacted their lives. One told me he's an icon of hate speech and transphobia, and the fact that he's an icon of white supremacy. I'm not. Sounds like one of the Trump cabinet members, actually. So far. <laughs> I'm not proud to work for that company that publishes him. So, so they were secret about the release. They were secretive about the release. Twelve more rules for life. They found out yesterday. So Jordan Peterson, if you don't know, is a Canadian professor um, who simply pushed back against uh, crazy woke progressive stuff, against laws that uh, require you to use pronouns where they could you could be ruined in the name of the law for not using them, and these other things, including. Um, in it, 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 he it, he's he just he's more of a truth teller kind of guy, which I of course the, you're not allowed to have. Yeah, truth but that's telling
2: like a... not even his focus, really. He's no. more like a self improvement guru, right?
3: That was what the last two books have been about. You're right; right. he's a psychologist, so that's what he does right. for a living. But on these issues, you know, he breaks down some of these issues which are driving people crazy. But
2: what they really don't like though is his self improvement stuff because it focuses on. Lost boys, basically. Right.
3: And that's newer, though. That's the last couple of yeah. years. But, you know, he's one of these guys who speaks freely and it gets him clobbered. Now, I just want to play a little bit. This is mm-hmm. him on the BBC a couple okay. of years ago. This is talking about the gender pay gap. And you'll hear a little bit of, how, uh, <laughs> of what you're not allowed to say.
6: Put to you that Here in the UK, for example, let's take that as an example. The gender pay gap stands at just over 9%. You've got women at the BBC recently saying that the broadcaster is illegally paying them less than men to do the same job. You've got only seven women running the top FTSE 100 companies. So it seems to a lot of women that they're still being dominated and excluded, to quote your words back to you. It does seem that way, but
7: multivariate analysis of the pay gap indicate that it doesn't exist.
6: But that's so just you not true, you. is it? That's I mean, that 9% ca- pay gap, that's a gap between median hourly earnings yeah. between men and women. But there's, that multiple, exists.
7: Yeah, but there's multiple reasons for that. One of them is gender, but it's not the only reason. Like, if you're a social scientist, worth, worth your salt, you never do a univariate analysis. Like, yep. you say, well, women in aggregate are paid less than men. Okay, well, then we break it down by age, we break it down by... Occupation. We break it down by interest. We break it down by personality.
6: But you're saying basically it doesn't matter if women aren't getting to the top because that's what's skewing that gender pay gap, isn't it? You're saying, well, that's just a fact that women it aren't necessarily matter. going to get to the top.
7: No, I'm not saying it doesn't matter either. You're saying, I'm it's saying a fact there are of multiple life. reasons for it. Yeah, but those reasons why, why should
6: women put up with those reasons? Why should, why should women, women be content with not, not saying saying to get to the top? I'm not saying that they should
7: put up with it. I'm saying that the claim that the wage gap between men and women is only due to sex is wrong, and it is wrong. There's no doubt about that. The multivariate analysis have been done, well, so I, I can give you, you an you example. You keep on talking wait, about multivariate analysis, give no, 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 no,
6: I'm saying that 9% pay gap exists. Yeah. Yeah. That's a gap between men and women. I'm not saying why it exists, but it exists. Now, yeah, if you you're a woman, that it seems exists. pretty unfair.
7: <laughs> you have to say why it exists.
6: But do you agree that it's unfair? If you're a woman- Not
7: necessarily. And on
6: average, you're getting paid 9% less than a man. That's not fair, is it?
7: It depends on why it's happening. I can give you an example. Okay. There's a personality trait known as agreeableness. Agreeable people are compassionate and polite. And agreeable people get paid less than less agreeable people for the same job. Women are more agreeable than men.
6: Again, a vast generalization. Some women are not more agreeable than men. Yes,
7: that's true. That's right, and some women get paid more than men.
6: So you were saying that by and large, women are too agreeable to get the pay rises they deserve. No, I'm
7: saying that that's one component of a multivariate equation that predicts um, salary. It accounts for maybe 5% of the variance, something like that. So So you need about another another 18 factors, one of which is gender. And there is prejudice, there's no doubt about that, but it accounts for a much smaller proportion of the variance in the pay gap than the radical feminists claim.
6: Okay, so rather than denying the pay gap exists, which is what you did at the beginning of this conversation, (laughs) shouldn't you say to women, rather than being agreeable and not asking for a pay rise, go and ask for a pay rise. Make yourself disagreeable with your boss. Oh,
7: definitely, there's that. But I also didn't deny it existed. I denied it existed because of gender. Okay. Because I'm very, very, very careful with my words.
3: Well, not always. Not careful enough, apparently, according to the... And we'll link this, actually, uh, this interview if you want to see it. But um, but this is one of the reasons why somebody like Jordan Peterson gets in trouble. And, you know, somebody... Let's say if you're the kind of person who, when there's... I would think there's somebody who's nominated as deputy director of the CIA who has uh, similarities in characteristics as yourself and you burst into tears because that is the first (laughs) thing that makes you think it's possible that you can ascend to their level, (laughs) I would think that you would hate Jordan Peterson right now because you feel that things are unfair completely uh, by, by biology and culture. And, you know, but if you're somebody who's willing to listen to the guy or reason whatsoever about things like the pay gap and I have friends who are Republicans who who, who who women who are like very sensitive about this pay gap is ridiculous because bill and sales got the pay more pay than I did and um I tend to think that, that that Jordan Peterson is right about the pay gap stuff. Guys mm-hmm. take chances. Women please more. women are more dutiful well, generally. Yeah. There's also Always.
2: factors like a lot of the highest paying jobs for men also have uh, are very dangerous. Right. Jobs. Women don't
3: tend to want women, to work on oil rigs.
2: Right. Or right. be minors or work in like these dangerous types of jobs. They're you know, um it's very telling when Um, Everybody's concerned about like women in tech, but you don't see uh, concerns about, you know, there aren't enough women car mechanics and there aren't enough women garbage men and there aren't enough women construction workers. You don't see a lot of stress about that. But, you know, these are there are jobs in those careers that are high paid and danger comes with a surcharge for, for labor when when you're putting your workers at risk you have to pay them more money and and women don't take those jobs for a variety of reasons women also take more teaching jobs they take more social work jobs they, you know and then you can say like oh well that's because we've conditioned them to blah 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 whatever they you know we've convinced them they should do it. okay so fine but that's a really different problem than saying a pay gap exists because you know People are mean and sexist at the workplace and just pay women less for the heck of it. Um, There was a big case... Uh, I don't even know what came of this. I didn't follow it. I should ask my brother because he knows this stuff. But um, I think it was in was it the Boston Symphony Orchestra or was it Boston Pops or was it a different one? But somebody was demanding to make the same as like the first flute, but it, it's like a totally different job because they like key the pitch for the whole orchestra and stuff. And it was like a big deal because they were saying it was a sexism thing, but it really wasn't. You know, and they've done, I mean, with musicians, I know they've done like blind hiring tests with musicians and uh the women. I don't, think that don't is get... how they
3: generally do it, behind a curtain.
2: Um, I don't know if they always do it that way, but they but they've done tests where they see, you know, if women get hired more as musicians, you know, if it's a blind audition. And they don't. In fact, they there's some evidence they might get hired less if it's uh, a blind audition. So it's you know, like he says, there's many possible reasons for it, but, you know, just bigotry is not really a major factor, generally. I mean, it exists. Like he says, there are some workplaces that are sexist where you can be the best employee in the world and somebody's not going to hire you, or they're going to treat you terrible at the job because you're a woman or whatever. But it's it's out there. But it's a lot rarer than people would have you believe. Also, a lot of younger women now are, they're graduating from college more than men, and um, I think it's possible that we could um, see and within the next few years, we could see younger generations, women making more than men actually. So it'll be interesting that to is see if, fair. if there's going to be concern about the pay gap in the opposite direction if and when That's that occurs. Right. Because it's unlikely that we'll be able to get it to exactly 50 and keep it there without <laughs> moving forever.
3: Right. And you remember the Obama administration for eight years straight would kvetch about the pay gap and mm-hmm. never in the administration were they able to get the women paid as much as the men. Right, for never. For eight years.
2: Whenever they analyze these campaigns, right. they aren't able to do it. They just, It's 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 rarer that women are interested in those jobs that are like that, you know, that are very demanding, high career jobs, and you know. Maybe because they've been treated in a sexist way their whole lives, but that's mm-hmm. a really different problem that we're talking about.
3: That. I'll say one thing. Guys are definitely bigger jerks, and that includes members of the White House uh, press pool. As they were talking, as Trump had a quick hit presser today mm-hmm. where he talked about uh, the vaccine and the Dow. The
1: stock market's just broken 30,000. Never been broken, that number. That's a sacred number, 30,000. Nobody thought they'd ever see it. Uh, that's the ninth time since uh, the beginning of 2020. And it's the forty-eight.
3: 48- Trump was never into talking about mm-hmm. COVID stuff. It wasn't his game. He's fine talking about a yeah. record stock market. He's- God knows
2: what the Q people are going to make of all these numbers. I'm sure they're a secret code. He
3: d- exists, though. But listen to this. We've we, we've played how the White House press pool and um, you know, what they think about President Elect Biden.
0: It felt like we're being rescued from this, this <laughs> craziness that we've all lived through from the last four years. And now here are the superheroes to come and save us all.
3: So listen to the press after uh, in the White House press pool after Trump leaves the briefing room.
1: And most importantly, I want to congratulate the people of our country because there are no people like you. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you.
0: President, Mr. President, Mr. President, why not concede for the good
3: of the country? That second guy who says, Why not concede for the good of the country? Mm-hmm. Trump then was the door had closed and he had been gone. So that was <laughs> it's just said for show. Yeah, that was said. And you could I, on Twitter you found that a reporter asks him, Why not concede for the good of the country? No answer from Trump. It's all just stagecraft, you know, it's all BS. <laughs> but now listen to this. Now that Trump's gone, listen to this. Well, that was weird, bleep, the guy says. You know, God, having to do this. This is also at the end of this press conference. You, you may have seen it on Twitter. Jonathan Carl like rips off his mask and doesn't. You know, <laughs> he's, he's done with it. He's done with it. That's fine. But uh, you know, just getting back to a little bit of what we talked about with the press here. I just had to dip into uh, Jordan Peterson because you have to. You know, um, I want to go over. We've talked about the emotion. Wait, so
2: what happened with the the people are threatening to threatening, sabotage? Yes, it's and on. Whatever.
3: It'll develop through the night, and we'll have the uh, developments tomorrow. Yes, there's a, there's a cool happening at the uh, <laughs> at Random House at Random House, exactly. Wow. Um, so, um, but
2: they publish lots of other authors. So if Random House caves to them, if they give them any leverage here, they're going to just move on to the next most offensive person they can find. Of course, no, this, they're, they're just going to keep ratcheting it up. It's of, not going to stop at Jordan Peterson. There's already, I mean, it's very difficult for. Um, Publishers to not take JK Rowling's books, you may imagine, because they sell gajillions of copies. But it's already like been an issue for other authors at those publishers. Like people have pressured those authors to leave those publishers and stuff because it's
3: you know It's incredible. It's incredible. it's just is this infant, infantilization. Is that something? Infantilization mm-hmm. of, of of To of, make of, childlike? Yeah. Uh, of all these people in their 20s, they're supposedly adults, but they're all hurt and damaged now because of words that people say. They damage them now. My God, this is why college? Don't go to college. <laughs> don't spend money in college. But it's not just, you know, it's women in their 90s too, like Joy Behar, who's also damaged. Is she and in the, her
2: 90s? I don't know. I don't know.
3: But she's, 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 you know, not a kid anymore. Mm-hmm. And today on the View, because of we saw Joe, we saw John Kerry. Thank God! Isn't it so revealing that that's mm-hmm. all they ever wanted was their John Kerry's back, yeah, and their guy who make him feel. You're totally right. This is mommy and daddy issues. Totally, his joy by hair saying, "Finally, today, happiness
9: is back. My life has been complete darkness for four years. Was, I've been in a rage for four years. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. You're just realizing you know, we this came now. This close. We, well." We, have, we basically came this close to a dictatorship. I don't think people really get mm-hmm. that, 100%. <laughs> um, I'm happy to get rid of uh, people like Stephen Miller and the rest of the... How did we come this close to a dictatorship <laughs> when
3: the dictator has been president for four years now? Yeah, that's how, long, into...
2: that's how long they're allowed to be president. That's the normal thing that happens, is if they're president and then they get to be in charge for four There's years. There's a four-year incubation
3: <laughs> period, and then he gets to be spawned as full dictator.
9: Cast of the Lord of the Flies. Um...
3: I don't think that's what she means. <laughs> is that what she means? Does she mean Lord of the Rings? Does she... it's Lord of the Flies is a bunch of kids, right?
2: Yeah, but it's like, I guess because it's An like autonomous Ruth, st- they're, they like they turn ruthless and turn savage. Basically. I guess
3: so. I think she could have done better. Mm.
9: I'm happy to have John Kerry Uh, dealing with climate. You know, (laughs) climate change is one of the things. When I was a kid, I used to worry about nuclear war all the time because when I was young, they made us Mm -hmm. hide under the desk. And I I used to say, well, why would I bring my library books back when we're all going to die in a nuclear war? And that basically uh, describes my childhood. (laughs) Happy (laughs) Thanksgiving. (laughs) Well, that that
2: explains a lot. (laughs) (laughs) She's believed all the scare tactics of government officials trying to put fear into her, her entire life. You know, right? So it's no wonder she's afraid of.
3: That's why she's a good she's Democrat now. Of but, carbon
2: dioxide and afraid right. of
3: so, nuclear war
2: and afraid that's why of she's Kim Jong Un right. and afraid like.
3: That's why we, she's a good Democrat because you know the Democrat in the nineteen forties you know built prison camps for American Japanese citizens, and the Democrat uh, you know in the nineteen forty five. Used nuclear weapons twice on our enemy, mm-hmm. and of course, that's why she's in. but those weren't authoritarians. Those measures seem to me to be pretty bold measures
2: uh you would think both
3: domestically and foreign policy wise nuking somebody twice is a pretty bold measure
2: imagine if trump actually literally took american citizens from their homes and made them stay in armed camps thing is
3: alice the thing is, is that they feel he did
2: i know that they feel he did but imagine if he actually did that like and there's statues of fdr they still love fdr oh yeah
3: FDR Who's your guy on Star Trek? Oh, Hello, what's his name? Uh, George Takei.
2: Yeah, George
3: Takei. We had him on the air at the Herald in uh-huh. Boston Herald, and I asked him about the FBI, FDR stuff, and he said, after a long reckoning, I was able to finally convince myself that yes, I forgave him. And he was in but, camps, right? But yes, he was in a camp, and he forgave FDR, but he blamed Trump for being a monster <sighs> for opening the same exact camps. <laughs> it's just like Trump I just is a don't... monster. I just don't understand
2: the cognitive dissonance of this stuff. I because- know it
3: must be fun, though. But <laughs>
8: <That's> right, right.
9: <laughs> I know. But now, Duck now as I grew up and I right as I, as I grow up and have children and a grandson, I worry about climate change. That when I die, that child right. is going to have to deal with fires and floods and what have you. And
3: holy God, can you imagine that? Fires and floods, things that were never around, never never here before.
2: Nice religion, guys. Nice religion.
3: I mean, that's... Floods. Everything everything comes down to it. You know what? It's up there. We can kind (laughs) of show you something's happening, so everything's because of it. When
2: I use a styrofoam cup...
3: Your action item is to do more socialist stuff in centralized power to the the government, (laughs) and that's what you have to do. If you
2: use a styrofoam cup, the weather gods get mad and make... The woods catch on fire. That's how this works.
3: And if you have any questions, you're a denier, as in Holocaust denier.
9: It, it makes my heart feel better that somebody like John Kerry
3: isn't this perfect. This is so, it makes her heart feel better. At least she's being honest. I get it. It makes your heart feel better. You know, it. Yeah. You know, no more mean jerk there. You know, Judge Schmales is back being the best guy, the 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 big Kahuna in Caddyshack. It's not Ronnie Dangerfield anymore. You won't know know that <laughs> reference, Alice, but other people will
9: is in there. General Motors is now backing Biden, and they are going to go along with emissions control. These people would be drilling in the middle of Central Park if they could. I am so... I am so sick of cheap heating oil (laughs) making people in the middle of the country
3: who don't have millions of dollars warm every year. I'm so sick of that. My God. Can you imagine? They drill in the middle of Central Park for their stupid oil my God, what are they doing with this oil all through the country? Look at all these <laughs> oil users. Why don't they learn to code? Why don't they just be comedians and, and laugh about how stupid they are like we do?
9: Relieved. Right. And I want my rage to disappear right. now. I want to be happy. People online are writing to me. Joy, get happy again. Well, I'm happy. Okay?
0: No. <laughs>
3: Before we go, somebody who is not happy, and I'd like to apologize. I've misnamed uh, all the fills in the world. Yeah, uh, the gentleman Phils, in Ash-
2: you've been slandered. Phils, you are... Correct.
3: I apologize, and I know some Phils, that uh, the guy in Ashburnham who spit at the women because they wouldn't wear masks is not Phil. He has been on the lam, as you know, <laughs> maybe living up in the mountains, you know, like Ted Kaczynski was. But this gentleman has finally been apprehended. You're
9: not wearing a mask. I don't care. Concerned. I'm not going to wear law. a mask when I'm outside. That's not
4: the law. That's not the law. The law
9: good for you. You call whoever you need to call and do whatever you need to do. Selfish
1: is what it is. Completely irresponsible. Okay, thank
9: you so much for your input. <laughs> okay.
3: Selfish is what it is. You don't hear words like uh, unite and service anymore. <laughs> you don't hear those words by with your mask wearing selfish. He goes back to where we know what happens.
0: Um, I have COVID. Hail Hell! Hell! I have COVID. Hail. I've been tested positive. Hail, get back here! Jeez. Hail. Yep. I don't want to
3: be graphic, but that's like really like wet, thick spit. <laughs> He's this. gross Hail's He like a sick hawks bastard. It before
0: Ugh. it's so gross. Okay. <laughs> He's gross hail. Oh. Hail. you won't be soon. That's
3: Hale, the Westford, Westford, Massachusetts, really good, progressive, woke guy. He's a really good person. And he and his his wife, who has a different name, of course she does, than Phil, I mean Hale, um, uh, are big, really good progressives in that town. They're, re- they're the best people that there are in that town. And they'll show you that they're the best people in that town. And the fact that they're renowned now for being spitters on people, that's... That's not something that they should be identified with. You know, they know what's in their hearts. They know they're really good people. So they can spit on you and that's fine. But they have been, uh, Hale has been apprehended. Alice, do you have any details on this?
2: Um, yes. So um, this is from CBS Boston. Uh, police in Ashburnham arrested a man who they say spit at two hikers and told them I have COVID during an incident that was captured on cell phone video. He was identified as 71-year-old Hale Powell of Westford. It happened on November 15th on the Hudson Overlook along the Mid-State Trail. Ashburnham police said the man was with an older woman when they approached two young women and chided them for not wearing masks. The man allegedly claimed he had COVID and began spitting at the women. A photo of the man was released in hopes of identifying him. Police Said Powell told them he did not have coronavirus despite saying that to the women. He was charged with making a false threat of a biological agent and assault and battery. He pleaded not guilty and was released by a judge who also ordered him to get a COVID test and quarantine for 14 days. Ooh. Nice. So that karma came for Hale Powell. Uh he works in Green Energy. He's a No. He works in Are Green you Energy. Sure? I was
3: pretty sure he was a Raytheon and guy. And his, wife's, uh, know, his wife's
2: profile picture on ex- Facebook is RBG. So that tells yes. you where they are. are. That's shocked. why they feel entitled to spit on <laughs> you. <laughs> <We> <laughs> because are sh- they vote for the right people. They make the right sacrifices to the political gods to keep us all from getting COVID. And if you do not follow along with the religious rituals of mask wearing and you know putting up the right yard signs, then you're the problem. And when the tornado comes and hits your house, it was coming for you. So
3: Exactly. And if it's not the tornadoes, by the way, it could be any number of our new superheroes. It felt
0: like we're being rescued from this, <laughs> this craziness that we've all lived through from the last 40 years. And now here are the superheroes to come and save us all.
3: Before we go, a quick, just a quickie. Haley Jackson uh, is an MSNBC host, and she had a, a uh, guy named Kevin Kramer, a Republican senator on today. And she just asks him a quen- question. Question. This jumped out to me a little bit. This is uh, Curtis Houck Actually, had this I think on the, on the Twitter. Um, it, listen to what she, she's so assured, so uh, self assured about what she's saying in her own truth. Even though she's a reporter, a member, a journalist, who's a you know supposedly somebody who teets, uh, 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 treats truth. Like a pr- precious commodity, like she should in journalism. Remember, truth—we're all happy that they mentioned they used the word "truth" today in the Biden superhero convention. Exactly. Here's, Fact. here's Haley Jackson asking this guy a question.
6: He has sought to just factually, on an
3: about Trump,
6: objective basis, raise questions about the legitimacy. Of-
3: I want to play to start again because I want you to hear that he is he's sought to factually and on an objective basis.
6: He has sought to just factually on an objective basis raise questions about the legitimacy of the election that are unproven, unfounded and dangerous to this democracy. That is
3: factually. You know, totally vetted. That's just a fact, by the way.
6: Just an objective statement here. Objective. What's to say that that the distrust that he's sowing is not going to affect... The the question I'm trying to get to is the dangerous rhetoric related to the undermining of this democracy that you have sworn an oath to uphold. Well,
3: don't sweat it, because dangerous rhetoric is gone. A light is uh, rising. Thankfully, we've been cast off. We've cast off this horrible... Putrid pallor. Is it pallor? else I'm so tired. I have no Paller idea. Pallor
2: is like paleness.
3: Take it from here, Alice.
2: Um, so you can find us on Twitter at burn facebook.com slash burn barrel podcast. Send us an email, burn podcast at gmail.com. We are also on Parlor now.
3: Sounds like you had more to say. I know. I so know we're, on Parler, you know Hold we're on Parlor. We're also Hold on starting it again go ahead
2: <laughs> we're also uh, a Burn Barrel Podcast on Parler. Uh you can go find us on YouTube by finding Tom Shaddock's Burn Barrel on YouTube you can um, watch those videos like them make a comment um, and even subscribe to our channel if you want to be notified when new content comes out
3: you fell I'm short at, now
2: I'm out of stuff out
3: out out c'est la
0: vie